Hi, and welcome back to On the Shelf. Today we have a very special episode we can't wait to share with you all today. An author interview. Hope you enjoy. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to On the Shelf. Um, You know, we have another author interview today, and I absolutely love doing these. I'm very excited for today's um, because this is also kind of a special one for the podcast because this is a graphic novel. Um, and I think it's very, very cool. And I'm, I don't know, I'm just so excited to talk with our special guest today and I will let him introduce himself, introduce the book, and then we will get into these questions. All right. So hi, yeah, I'm Mark Crowley. Uh, I'm an author, illustrator, graphic novelist. Uh, got my start in 1995 with a comic book series called uh, Akiko. And I've just never looked back from there, gone through uh, several different things, at least a couple of projects that could be described as uh, manga style, one called Miki Falls and Brody's Ghost, both of those hundreds of pages long. So they were huge undertakings. Uh, I eventually started a YouTube channel, which led to me being invited to do instructional art books. Uh, probably the most successful of that is Mastering Manga, one, two, and three. And those have been like published in lots of different foreign languages and stuff. So that was a, a thrill. Uh, all of that. And then, yeah, that brings us kind of up to date to where we are right now uh, with my latest graphic novel, Lost in Taiwan. Yeah. And what is kind of the basic plot summary, if you don't mind sharing, for Lost in Taiwan? Absolutely. Well, it's about an American teenager who uh, finds himself completely lost, as the title would suggest, in the streets of a large Taiwanese city, and he must embark on a journey of discovery find his way home that kind of keeps it spoiler no yeah that's great thank you okay so getting into the questions the first one it's very silly um but i love asking it every single time we have an author interview goes way back to when the podcast was started to the point where no one knows who came up with this question (laughs) Um, but if you were a plate what type of plate would you be (laughs) <laughs> like a plate that people eat off of, that kind of plate. However you interpret it. Okay, wow. Well, I had to think about this one, and I decided for the purposes of today's interview that I would be a plate that was made in America, but then got decorations added to it in Taiwan. Awesome. Very cool. I love asking that one because literally like every single answer is different, and you like I can never guess what someone's going to say. So that's always very cool to hear about. Um, so the next question, you know, our podcast is called On the Shelf. Um, so I decided to ask what's on your shelf and this can include, you know, anything you're reading, watching, anything like that. Okay, fantastic. Well, to be honest, the thing that I'm reading right now, I am obsessed with a nonfiction books about the music industry. And I just go from book to book to book, reading about different bands, different singers, even like producers and all kinds of different things. And the thing that I'm reading right now, believe it or not, (laughs) is called Mad World, an oral history of 1980s new wave artists. And uh, it allows me to go back and relive my high school years and find out about Duran Duran and, you know, Adam Ant and all of these uh, people that were super popular just as I was becoming a music fan. 
Mm -hmm. That's really cool. I recently just started getting into more nonfiction things. And I think, I don't know, it's very eye-opening, especially when it's an era you lived through and just learning a different type yeah. of people about that type of stuff you know about, but just deeper knowledge. That's really cool. But before we move on from this question, because that's a nonfiction book, I wanted to mention the last graphic novel that I read uh, called Spirit Week by Ira Marks. And it is a fantastic story uh, that he created that uh, involves a lot of uh, uh, references to um, The Shining, that great Stanley Kubrick uh, movie and the book by Stephen King. But it's an entirely new story that he's come up with. And uh, the art is fantastic. And um, yeah, that I certainly wanted to mention that as the most recent graphic novel that I read. That's awesome. I, I haven't heard about that. So I'm definitely going to look into that after the interview, because that seems right up my alley when it comes to graphic novels. Um, yeah, yeah. So the next question, if you had to spend a year in a fictional world, which would you pick and why? All right. Well, this is a great question. And I wanted to make sure that I thought this one through and got got the right answer uh, for me. And I decided that it's got to be this uh, city that is featured in the movie Kiki's Delivery Service. Have you ever seen this animated film? I haven't seen it, but I, I've heard of it. Like, I have an idea of what you're right. talking about. <laughs> right. Well, it's one of the great Ghibli movies uh, by Hayao Miyazaki. And uh, it, it takes place in this really idealized European coastal city. And uh, it's, the, it's just so beautiful. And just, you know, you said it, I could explore. I could spend a whole year exploring this fictional city. I just thought that would be a wonderful place to live. And there's this bakery where the main character was a part-time uh, worker. And uh, just the idea of actually being able to go to the real uh, bakery would be a thrill. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like I haven't seen a lot of those movies, but everything I've seen kind of about them is just how visually beautiful they are. Right. And yeah. I and that's a really solid answer because, yeah, I agree. All right. So going into the actual book now, um, what was your main inspiration when it came to writing it? And how did the inspiration kind of differ from your past works? Well, um, the main thing is that my first job out of college was to be an English teacher in Taiwan. Uh, and I went there with zero training. <laughs> it was with the YMCA and they just plopped me down in a classroom and suddenly I was teaching English to people. Uh, but of course, in my spare time, I was studying Chinese. I was doing lots of drawings. And uh, as I learned the language, that allowed me to really connect with the people of Taiwan and begin going out and having adventures. And I actually lived in Taiwan two different times altogether, two and a half years. So as you can imagine, I had lots and lots of different experiences and I really <laughs> fell in love with Taiwan and especially the people of Taiwan. And so all these years later, when it came time to do another uh, book that would have some kind of slightly autobiographical aspect to it, I immediately thought, oh, Taiwan, I've got to do a story that is kind of like a love letter to Taiwan. And that's really what this is. And it draws on all of these different experiences that I had. But what makes it kind of interesting is that instead of trying to cover two and a half years of time, which I think would be impossible, I decided to make all of it happen in a single day, pretty much. 
and you start the book and you go through every hour of this day with this main character. And in that way, it becomes very, very immersive. And you never really break away uh, from this ongoing, you know, passing of time. And that way, I think it, it allows you to feel like you're having these experiences yourself. And that was really my goal. I wanted people who had never been to Taiwan to get a little taste of what does it feel like to be in Taiwan? What kind of things do you see? What kind of foods do you get to eat? What kind of people do you meet along the way? And, and that's really what inspired it. Now, you asked what made this one uh, different from anything that I'd ever done before. I don't think I've ever told a story that is so focused on location. Uh, so this is definitely the first time where, you know, as I just told you, the location inspired the story. And so many of the goals of the story are in evoking a location and putting the reader into that location. So that was a new experience for me. It was a lot of fun. And I'm pleased to say just this morning, I learned that we got a starred review uh, as one of our first um, uh, reviews of the book. And that makes me feel that, you know, I, I did the job, right? I made a story that really could connect with at least one reviewer who hopefully had that immersive experience that I was going for. That's awesome. You know, congratulations on the start. Thank, you. That's thank you. Thank you. It was a thrill. Yeah. Okay. So moving on to a bit more of the behind the scenes aspect when it comes to making a book, what is your favorite and least favorite part of the writing process? And there's like a sub question, but I'll, I'll, ha I'll have you answer the first part just so I'm not throwing too much at you at one go. So favorite, okay. favorite part of the writing process. Okay. Just the favorite part. Or like favorite, least favorite. Favorite and least favorite. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So um, sure. You know, first of all, let me say that I pretty much love the entire process. So it was hard for me to think of a least favorite. But for my favorite part, what it's, uh, you know, I do a rough version of the entire book, all in pencil, black and white, generally speaking. And then that gets handed off to the editor who can read the entire story as I intend to do it, beginning, middle and end. And then uh, he or she will come back with a series of requested changes, you know, and we'll hammer through those. Uh, and once that's done, and once we agree, this is it, this is the book, then we enter into my favorite part of the process, which is just taking these rough pages and turning them into final art. Because I kind of don't have to think so hard at that stage. Mm -hmm. And I'm just drawing all day, which is what I dreamed of, uh, you know, ever since I was a kid to just, you know, be paid to draw all day. Uh, and also it allows me, I got to admit, to listen to podcasts like yours, for example, <laughs> while I get the work done. Because when I'm writing, I can't listen to even music, mm -hmm. uh, let alone people talking about something. Uh, and I have to just switch all that off and stay focused and work out all these story problems, which I enjoy. But it's all gravy when you get to this stage of just like creating art and I can kind of switch my brain off a little bit. And that's what I, I love that part. Now, the, for the least part, least favorite part, I guess I would have to say occasionally you get into a battle of wills with an editor who wants you to change something that you really don't want to change. Mm -hmm. uh, but you got to choose your battles and you can't have your way all the time. And so there are instances where you have to let go of something that you really wanted to be in the book or something that you really wanted to do your own way and instead um, accept that they've got a point of view on this 
a wider view than you have probably of what works with readers and with the with the industry in general and you've got to just go along with that but it's hard you know to to um to make a change that you deep in your heart didn't really want to make so i guess i would say that that would be my least favorite part yeah, that's completely fair. So moving on to the sub question for this one. Um, I was wondering if you could shed any light on the general process for making a graphic novel and how it might be different than the process for just making regular um, novel. Wow. Yeah, well, it is hugely different. And you got to stop me before I start rambling on this one, because, you know, writing a novel and I have the experience of having written at least 12 you know, straight up prose fiction novels that had sporadic illustrations in them. But they, uh, the way I thought of it, you had to be able to read just the words and you could remove all these illustrations and it would still work as a novel, right? That's, that, that's what that was. And that, um, so I know that experience. And of course, by definition, it's all words. It's all words. Mm -hmm. um, when you get to graphic novels, not only is it not just all words, but you're the pictures that you're drawing are part of this incredibly complicated system of storytelling that exists in the world of graphic novels that, um, you know, of course involves panels, you know, anyone who's read this. So you really have to think through what is going to be in each panel. What is the point of view going to be? Where are the speech bubbles going to go? That in and of itself is actually, for me, I love it. It's fun. But it's tricky and it's a skill to figure out how to lay out those speech bubbles. So there's, you know, you need to be a good designer. You need to be uh, good at planning. Uh, of course, you need to the whole gamut of artistic skills that are required, like, um, you know, uh, anatomy, human anatomy, perspective drawings, facial expressions, all of this stuff. So, yeah, it just it demands a huge variety of talents. But that is what makes it so fun. Uh, and I'm delighted to be able to do, you know, not just that whole part of it, but even like the the logo design on the front cover and all of that stuff as well. Uh, it's a blast. Yeah, that's really cool. I, I don't know. I just been kind of wondering about that in general, um, you know, and since you kind of have experience in both, I thought that would be cool little insightful look. So thank you for sharing. Um, the next question um, is, what is the best writing advice you've ever received? And if you could go back in time to talk to your younger self when you're starting off on your writing journey, what do you wish you could tell yourself? All right. Well, those are great questions. Um, I think the best piece of writing advice that I ever got was actually from a screenwriting book. And the guy who wrote this book said, you know, figure out your ending as soon as you can in the process. Don't just start writing and hope that you're going to come up with a great ending. Mm -hmm. uh, now, I should say a lot of people love to write that way. And a lot, a lot of people are great at writing that way. Um, but for me, when I got that advice and I started thinking, okay, what is the ending? That just helped so much because then I knew where I was going and I could start to lay the groundwork for lots of different things. Uh, so for me, that was a big breakthrough because early on, I did not know the endings of my stories. And <laughs> frankly, the, the first the first epic story that I did had a kind of a terrible ending because I had painted myself into a corner and I just didn't know how to 
to resolve mm -hmm. conflict and all this stuff. Uh, so yeah, I think that's, for me, that has proven to be a great piece of advice. Uh, the other one, the thing I kind of wish that I could tell myself if I went back in time and talked to early me, uh, author would be comic book creator, uh, is try as hard as you can not to compare yourself to other authors and not to compare your career to other people's careers because uh, it will never be the same as theirs. And generally speaking, the more you compare yourself to others, the more you feel that you don't measure up to them, you become envious of them, you start beating yourself up mentally. Uh, so I would, you know, it's impossible not to compare yourself to other people, but try to fight against that and say, no, I'm, I'm, I don't compare, I'm not good compared to whoever. I don't, I don't need to beat somebody else out. It's not a race. It's not a competition. Um, if you want to be competitive, be competitive against yourself. Make sure that the you of this year is better than the uh, you of last year. Uh, and uh, that's as far as I want to go in, in terms of competition. Yeah, and I think that's just some great advice for people in general, especially especially people who are like just starting out in whatever field to hear of just like, you know, focus on yourself and don't try to be comparing what you're doing to other people. So I think, yeah, that's some great advice. Um, so getting into a bit um, more personal, I guess, did you always want to make graphic novels or be like a writer slash artist? Well, when I was a child, I loved drawing. And I think anyone who saw me and my sort of obsessive nature with drawing every day probably guessed, oh, he's going to grow up and become an artist of some kind. Um, the writing and the storytelling came along later. And um, interestingly, though, I, I remember reading comics when I was a kid. My brothers were big fans of superhero comics. And so I read a fair number of those. And for a while, I got into them. Uh, but I was not a comic nerd or whatever. You know, I didn't like collect huge numbers of comics and and know so much about comics and the history of them. But for whatever reason, the, the first project that I challenged myself to create when I was around 25 years old was a comic book story. And that, I think, was when I started to get hooked on it. Comics are great for someone who is primarily an artist who wants to learn how to write because the, the pictures help you tell the story, right? And so it's a great way of dipping your toe into the waters of writing. And little by little, I have found that I, I love the writing just as much as the drawing. And the great thing about comics is you're doing both constantly. It's a constant trade-off between the two. Uh, kind of tag team of I'm writing a little, okay, I'm drawing, I'm writing, I'm drawing. And the two of them come together and they weave together to create this marvelous form of storytelling that, that really just doesn't exist anywhere else. Yeah, that's awesome. So continuing with that kind of thread of the writing and illustrating, kind of working together, how has being able to capture your characters through your art helped your writing? Well, yeah, it's interesting, you know, um, the art definitely allows you to uh, visualize uh, characters and uh, locations. I find that like facial expressions are something that I kind of geek out about in dialogue scenes and people reacting to what has just been said and capturing the rhythm of sentences and so forth. All of that stuff, I think, is related to the art. 
And it has affected, I think, the way that I write dialogue um, and, and how I sort of am very focused on facial expressions as a key part of the storytelling. Uh, if I had, you know, imagining an alternate uh, world in which I was only a writer and not an artist of any kind, I wonder if I would have come to write dialogue the way that I do with this emphasis on facial expressions and things like that. I don't think I would, probably, because you can't just sit there describing over and over again, you know, he raised his eyebrows, <laughs> his mouth opened wide in shock, you know, or whatever. The, that, that kind of stuff doesn't work, but you can draw it. Mm -hmm. and it works just fine yeah that's very interesting I I'd kind of been wondering about that because the last couple interviews we've done um they've been with writers who do um art as like their main thing and just kind of draw on the side um that go along with the book so I just think that's quite interesting of just how the art and the writing can all work together um yeah, and especially in a graphic novel where it's literally just all the art all the time. So that's very interesting. Um, so, and continuing with that, um, obviously the book is not out yet, so not necessarily spoilers or anything, but do you have a favorite page or illustration you did during the process of making um, this book? Oh, wow, Lost in Taiwan. Well, this is where things get a little visual, and I have a copy of the book with me, and I know this is a podcast, <laughs> so uh, people won't be able to see what I'm talking about, but maybe I can describe one of them uh, as I show it to you. I feel like one of my I favorite... I have my copy here, so I oh, can... Yeah. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. Got it as well. I think one of my favorite images is a, uh, a one-page picture uh, that happens in the story. Again, we're trying to avoid spoilers but they, yeah they come to the top of this mountain and uh they reach this place where you can see this buddha statue uh on the hill hilltop and i'm very pleased with how that one turned out just the layout of it and the impact hopefully that ha that it has on the reader uh that one turned out just the way i pictured it in my head um and it's it's something that, that i've been doing almost from the the very beginning of my career as a comic book creator is this arriving at a big, impressive new environment that is meant to kind of blow your mind a little bit, right? And uh, so that that one, and it in this case, it does relate directly to um, a location that I used to go to in the city of Jianghua, which is where I taught in English in Taiwan. Um, I'll just say in passing that the city uh, in lost in Taiwan, in my story, is an imaginary city. It doesn't exist. Uh, I called it Changbei or Zhangbei, uh, which is kind of a combination of Zhanghua and Taipei, which is the biggest city in Taiwan. I wanted the, I wanted the freedom to, to create this idealized city that had all the different stuff in it uh, that I wanted and not be tied down to one particular real-life city. Uh, but anyway, that Zhanghua has this big... Um, a uh, statue of a Buddha up on the hilltop. Uh, and so this was nice uh, in that way to sort of pay tribute to that and my, and my memories of, of being awestruck the first time I saw that. Oh, that's really cool. And I remember um, when I was reading through my, um, my ARC copy, getting to see all of the illustrations, but especially that one, just, I don't know, it's a very cool illustration. So I recommend mm -hmm. listeners 
to get the book to get some context <laughs> about. um yeah just very cool overall um so we have two questions left um do you think if for whatever reason however this would be possible or happen if you were to meet your protagonist would you get along with him well, wow, this is an interesting one. And I thought about it. And I think that there's two different points in the story. If I met him at the beginning of the story, I don't think I would get along with him because he's kind of a jerk. I don't think it's a spoiler to say he starts off as kind of a, a, a low quality human being, I would say. And he's um, he over the course of this incredible day that he has, he becomes a better person. And uh, I think by the end of it, yes, I would like to hang around with uh, Paul, uh, our main character, after he has seen so much of Taiwan. And then the two of us could geek out about how great Taiwan is. No, that's really cool. I always like asking that question because in some cases it will be an answer like that where it's very much like it depends on when in the story I meet the character. And sometimes they're just like, no, they would hate me regardless. <laughs> <laughs> it's just so interesting because there's always that element from the authors of like, there's um, definitely a part of me inside of this character. So I think it's just interesting yeah. the overall process of how they come to that kind of conclusion so we have one last question and it is our shop small corner because back in the day in 2020 uh when on the shelf was started we were connected um to our local independent bookseller so whenever we have an author on we like to give them kind of a platform to shout out a small business they like um as well as you know a place where listeners can purchase or in this case pre-order because this is coming out may 23rd uh-huh coming yes. up soon yes i know so a place where people can pre-order or buy the book um and support the authors we have on well that's a great question and uh, for me there it is there's just only one answer that i could go to and that is the book beat uh in oak park michigan a fantastic store it's been there for years and they're so supportive of local authors they're always having events they are much more than just a bookstore. Uh, you can tell that they care uh, about the community. And um, yeah, hats off to them. I, th I thought for sure, as soon as I saw this question, got to shout out the great people at the Book Beat in uh, Oak Park, Michigan. Yeah. And, you know, so for listeners down in the show notes, there will be a link to um, the map we have going, which has all of the different bookstores that people have recommended. I think... This might be the first one in Michigan that we've cool. recommended. So that's very cool um, all over the place. And there will also be some links directly to the websites for where you can just click on it. It'll take you to the book page. You can do all the pre-order things or depending on when you're listening to this, purchase things. Um, yeah, all the links in the show notes below. Thank you so much for joining me today on On The Shelf. This was a really cool opportunity. Um, but yeah, just thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It was, uh, it was great to have this chat. And since maybe you don't uh, talk about graphic novels so much, uh, I'm delighted to be the one who gets to come in here and talk about how much I love them. I know. And I'm definitely, um, I think a small part of that is I'm kind of the on the shelf resident graphic novel person. Um, so I don't know. So this was a very special episode for me just because um, 
Yeah. One of my favorite things to read, but just thank you again for being here. Thank you for having me. It was such a joy. Thank you so much for listening, and we hope you enjoyed. If you did, please take a moment to review the podcast, you know, give it five stars on whatever platform you listen to it on. We would really appreciate it. As mentioned in the episode, all of the links for where you can follow on the shelf on social media, Instagram, as well as where you can follow today's special guest will be down below, as well as some links to where you can get your very own copy of Lost in Taiwan. We really hope you enjoyed. Thank you so much for listening once again. And, you know, as always, I'm Nora Quinn, and this is On the Shelf.